Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Getting It Out podcast. That was Musket Hawk from Baltimore, Maryland. The song was called American Scum. It's off of their new split. It's a four-way split with Grin and Barrett, Sidetracked, and Ugly. 
It's going to be out courtesy of To Live a Lie Records and Unholy Anarchy Records all coming together to make that thing happen. This sludge grind trio, whatever you want to call them, like I said, is based out of Baltimore, Maryland. The song is called American Scum and the clear message the most important message of the song is no one gets away with it. And I love that message specifically coming from Baltimore, specifically about something they think is scum because there is a man who I think is scum from Baltimore and he no longer exists. And I'm happy to report that today. So let's celebrate the new track from Musket Hawk, the life of Tom Malensky and enjoy what they've got to offer here on this new track from musket hog like i said it's part of a four-way split it's uh 27 songs which uh musket hawk only makes up two of them grin and barrett four sidetracked one million of them and ugly another two if you're not familiar with any of these bands it's a great place to start that's the best thing about splits i think i was only previously familiar with musket hawk and sidetracked Maybe Grin and Barrett too. Sounds familiar. And I know Ugly's got a new record coming. So they've uh, they've got a lot going on. Anyway, either way, uh, check it out if you're unfamiliar with even one of these bands. They're from all over the U.S., literally like every corner of it, Ohio, Washington, Arizona, and Maryland. So that's reason enough to get into this. It's out April 28th, four-way split LP. Go pick it up to liveali.com. All right, what's happening on this episode of the podcast? I've got an interview with Josh Elmore of Cattle Decapitation. We're talking about all sorts of stuff, but mostly their new record, Terrasite, due out on Metal Blade May 12th. But first, Hot Zone. Check it! So what you're about to listen to is by far, or already listening to, I should say, is by far the most frustrating episode of Getting It Out podcast that I've ever had to put together. Technical difficulties abound on this one. Several long phone calls with Indian men trying to get Adobe Audition straightened out, and I'm still not there. I'm watching it record right now, and it's whisper quiet. I'm going to have to go in here and do some editing, and I'm pissed off about that. Lots of wasted time so far putting this episode together, but I wanted to get it out, as I do with all these episodes, before the end of the month especially. Uh, There was three I was hoping to get out this week, and I don't think that's going to happen. So this one and one with rotten sound will have to do the label spotlight for March, I guess, is going to come in early April, uh, because at the rate that I'm moving right now, it's going to be a while until I get this shit figured out. And if you happen to know how to get a microphone to record that used to record no problem in Adobe Audition, then you should let me know. There you go. I'm so pissed off at this stuff. Anyway, what's happening in the world today. Lots of lots of things, huh? Most importantly, the NBA playoffs. Don't worry, the 76ers are already sitting pretty in the second round, ready for their fate with the stupid Boston Celtics. Of course, Joel Embiid 
is hurt, sprained knee, 50% on whether he'll play in the first game or not. Hoping that's not Saturday. Hopefully the Hawks can win another game, push it at least until Monday. If you know what I'm talking about, you understand. If you don't, you don't care. I get it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Jimmy Butler last night showed why he's the man. I know a lot of Sixers fans want to hate on the guy, but the guy's done nothing but back up everything he said he was going to do when he was at Philadelphia. And uh, last night was quite impressive. I don't know how many, 56 points maybe against the Bucs with Giannis, with a triple-double. Didn't matter. That man took over. Uh, The Heat, not a fan, but LeBron and all those guys uh, are doing their thing. I said LeBron, I meant Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, and all them are doing their things. LeBron's doing his thing, too, over in L.A., rooting for them only because they're against uh, Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies, who I dislike. Uh, mostly I dislike Brooks. He's not a likable guy. Uh, the Warriors are winning over or they're tied up with the Kings. Uh, I like Draymond, so that doesn't make sense if I don't like Brooks, but like Draymond, but that's the way it is. And of course, Steph Curry, he's fun to watch. The Nuggets didn't get their sweep. Take that, Joker. And uh, what else, who else is out there? What other series were there? The Knicks-Cavs series is has been good to watch. Jalen Brunson's pretty nuts. Josh Hart coming up big. On a lot of those games. I'm staying up to date on most of this stuff. I don't think I watched any Nuggets Wolves yet. Because that tends to be the later series. And West Coast time doesn't work for East Coast boys like myself. Anyway. You likely didn't tune into Getting It Out podcasts. In an episode with Cattle Decapitation. To talk about basketball. Hear about basketball. But you know that's just uh, collateral damage. When you come here for your extreme music. You get uh, sports opinions as well. Whether you want them or not. Ime Udoka. Might be the coach of the Houston Rockets going forward. That's interesting. I thought it was going to be Nick Nurse, who's out of Toronto. Aaron Rodgers just got traded to the Jets. We all saw it coming. A bunch of draft picks that don't matter. Everybody gets all psyched out about draft picks in either sport. Just trade them. They don't mean shit. They never work. Get rid of them. Unless it's Wembenyana. Yama. I'm gonna, it's going to be a long time until I figure out how to say that name right. Then it's not going to matter. Look at, look at Zion Williamson. That was a big number one pick. Didn't matter. Guy doesn't play. Speaking of doesn't play, Kawhi Leonard, looking at you. What the hell? Out again? Again? You played two games, you missed three? Your team's done. I don't get it. And uh, you might be done listening to this episode if you don't like sports, but I'm going to drag you back in because I want you to listen to this interview with Josh Elmore of Cattle Decapitation. If you haven't heard the new album by Cattle Decapitation, Terrasite, I mean, you probably haven't. It's, uh, it's fantastic. It's dropping uh, late May, middle May, early May. May 12th is the date. <laughs> it's dropping May 12th, courtesy of Metal Blade Records. The band will be one day in to their Decibel Magazine tour at the time. They are uh, co-headliners on that with Dark Funeral, 200 Stab Wounds, and Black Braid. If you're not familiar with Black Braid yet, please check them out. Indigenous Black Metal, I think, is what... People might uh, generalize it as, but it's pretty cool. Very cool music. 200 Stab Wounds is is awesome, too. And, of course, Dark Funeral. Great tour all around by Decibel Magazine. You know, I went to the first one. The first one was Behemoth, Watain, The Devil's Blood, and In Solitude. I saw that at Baltimore Soundstage. Actually, I was backstage at that one because a friend of mine was working for, I want to say, Watain. And uh, it stunk. It was It was a really stinky place to be. They had incense jammed in all the walls because uh, I think it was the Watain fellows were all covered in their ceremonious blood. And it was a stinky place. It was it was not nice. We had to put stuff under our nose. That was like you had to wipe stuff on your face to be able to withstand the smell of these people. 
That's how it was, man. I wonder if that's how it still is, but you know, I'm never going to know. Uh, but yeah. All right. Let's get into my conversation with Josh, but first we should play a track from cattle decapitation one off of the new album. Of course, they released a couple singles and it doesn't really matter which way we go with this one, but let's go, let's go with, we eat our young from Terra site. And then my conversation with Josh Elmore. Yes, 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 
right, man. So uh, we're talking about uh, the new record, I assume. The Terrasite, yes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes out officially May 12th. Metal Blade Records. Is this mm-hmm. the 10th? Is it the 10th record? Is yeah, that if, you count, if you count Human Jerky and Homivore, which are like the first like 16, 17 minute grind kind of LP, EP, whatever. Yeah. Counting those as the first two, then yeah, there's eight on Metal Blade. So it'll be the 10th, which is terrifying to think of, but here we are. <laughs> well, you, you came along in the band like 2001, right? Yeah, I, I joined August 2001 and the first full length I was on was to serve me in. They were pretty much I'd say like 85, 90% of the way through writing it by the time I came on. So it was just sort of me standing around going, Oh, okay. I'll, whatever. I just want to do this right. You know? So I had minimal contribution to that record, a few, maybe a two or three riffs tops, if that, you know, yeah. uh, and then humanure and that two, that came out 2004, like after certain man, then I kind of had a lot more or um, a bigger part of writing than I did right, initially. So. Right. Well, I think I think for me, Humanor was the first one that I was aware of. A lot of that had to do with the album cover. Uh, it just seemed to get a lot of attention back then. Yeah. But yeah. But the way I, I mean, I think one of the ways that I became pretty aware of who and what cattle decapitation was is because at that time I was like really into the hardcore scene. The hardcore scene mm-hmm. really seemed to focus on you guys back then because of the vegan yeah. vegetarian ties yeah. thing, right yeah. do i have that right was was it the same way yeah, from no, your no. side yes yes I, you're totally right um because of the about the, the band being founded uh a couple of founders were from the locust um which were you know they had they were kind of like a uh Love, uh, a band that people like love to hate, even though they're an yeah. awesome, <laughs> awesome band, but people just love to clown on them. Um, a lot of times, I think just because people didn't get what they were doing is they were kind of yeah. so forward thinking, you know? Um, and I mean, it all compliments to Locust, you know? Mm-hmm. But two of those guys, Gabe Serbian and David Astor, were in the Locust at the time, and they started Cattle as a side project because both of them were, you know, came up as metal kids, you know? Um, in addition to like, you know, kind of power violence, you know, that sort of thing, um, and grind. So that was their sort of grind death metal-y kind of side project. And Locust had so much popularity at that time. Um, I think either hardcore or just kind of like more avant-garde sort of scenes, um, that there were people that would just, oh, this is a Locust side thing, which, you know, Justin Pearson or any of those guys had like 10 different things going at the same time, you know, side projects. So Cattle was like the most, at that time, at least the most prominent of any of them. So people kind of jumped on that that were on part of the Locust camp, and you know everyone at the band in the in the Locust at the time and at Cal at the time uh, was yeah either vegan or vegetarian. And when the band got signed to Metal Blade, which is two thousand two, which is you know six years into the band's uh, uh, existence, I think that was kind of like you know still aside from like Carcass or maybe Barney from Napalm. The no- a novelty, like oh, I got these yeah. fucking hippies or whatever, veggies, whatever. <laughs> but they're playing grindcore, out crazy, you know. But in the in the you know maybe punk hardcore grind scrams, whatever kids call it, that's probably a twenty year old a twenty year old slang that I'm using for something that. Yeah. Never mind. This just means I'm old. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, you know whatever that sort of style is, um, you know we were associated with that via the locust. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the band was kind of brought on. It's like, oh, it's like 
that was during the signing of all the carcass clones, you know, which right. was a very blip of a movement. It's not, wasn't like the metalcore thing that happened later in deathcore, which was this whole wave of bands coming out from every place. It's like, if you, you know, talk about carcass clones, um, it's like us impaled, exhumed, general surgery, um, pathologist, a couple bands like that, uh, county medical examiners, all that. And, uh, you know, they're, you know, county medical examiners, Nailed symphonies of sickness and uh re putrefaction eras perfectly, you know. And but you know, in impaled exhumed, you know, in varying sort of degrees. We were the ones that were like kind of like, well, we're just more like a grind band, but obviously there's carcass influences, but then from there we kind of yeah. veered off in our own thing. So we were kind of pitched originally as like veggie grind warriors or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's and what so I remember. Because that, yeah. that was the first impression that a lot of regular straight up metal people out of us so you know 20 years down the line plus 20 years plus down the line first impressions that's who we are you know and the band now is myself and travis being the only two vegetarian people left in the band um and musically um dramatically removed from what we started as um so it's like you know we're 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 just i think for some people we're still in that box that we were 20 years ago and now you know to us you know we're just kind of like oh we've you know, when I say moved on, it doesn't mean abandon those ideals or anything like that. Sure. Um, it just means, you know, musically we've grown and, you know, personally and everything else. So it's, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not, it's like, it sounds silly to say, but we're not that band anymore. Yeah. I mean, we, we very <laughs> you, much are. You've evolved. Because we haven't matured at, at all. <laughs> you've evolved. That's but, why I, mean, I use that we, word. We've gotten better, hopefully better at what we've done or what we're doing, you know, in that time. So I think, yeah, like you, you did mention, there's, I think there was a lot of connection between um, kind of the DIY. Um, yeah. And plus, I mean, we were like, this is part of me being in the band, but one of my bands I toured with prior to Cattle played house shows with Cattle, you know? And right. you'd play house shows, you'd play basement shows, you'd play in weird apartment setups and, you know, parking lots and stuff like that. So, you know, you don't, you do, there's some crossover, but you don't have a bunch of like regular metal folks going to that. You know, they'll be like, you know, this crap, you know? Um, you know, and just kind of mock it or whatever. But man, I think, and I can speak only for myself. Travis may say to a certain, you know, to a certain extent. Um, but it's like I'm very glad that you know, coming from, you know, even if it's just like yeah, like kind of grind crust, you know, power violence, you know, you know, kind of not primitive, but just like death metal and the sort of DIY fringe kind of thing. You know, value-wise, I'm very proud and glad to have come from that. You know, because mm -hmm. I think that gives you, um, you know, I don't know, a sense of appreciation for yeah. anything you're doing. You know, current. I mean, like the level we are fortunate enough to be operating on now, um, but also just as skepticism. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess that's a little sort of like antagonistic punk rock element if there is any in that like just that yeah, skepticism yeah. of like you know the biz or whatever you know so I, it's just funny like the it's just that just the seeing you know coming from that sort of thing where there's people throwing shows in their basement and you get paid like i think one of my old bands got paid nine dollars and a snack size bag of doritos you know and then one actually show we paid, paid a dollar because everyone in the, at the show was a crusty that lived in the backyard and didn't, they didn't have to pay because they lived there. So nice, nice. <laughs> many stories related to that. 
free cattle for me, but whatever. So we're, I'm off the subject, but yeah, no, I agree with you. There was a lot of crossover um, fan wise and a lot of hardcore kids were like, you know, there's usually like, you see the hardcore show, there's like the one or two kids wearing like morbid angel shirts. that weren't just metal guys that just happened to be the hardcore show. So I think for whatever reason, because of the crossover of those ethos or whatever, it was the, okay, you know, this is a band that's metal that I can like, or like there's some sort of shred of DIY credibility left to them. So it's straddling both lines. Maybe I don't know. Sure. Sure. Well, I think it also coming up the way, like you were mentioning in, in those uh, more DIY style scenes lends to like the, the tenacity of a band and like the, like uh, the, the way people look at cattle decapitation from several different uh, subgenre areas, whatever you want to fucking call mm-hmm. it, several different fan bases and looks at you with regard. And it's not just mm-hmm. like the metal guys think it's great. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't come up doing the pay for play stages and then no, and the big ones. Like it was, not. it was ground floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot, it's funny. Cause like a lot of, you know, like Travis, himself, like Travis did not have musically was never into, I think like he, he mentions like, Oh, my sister, my older sister listened to the Ramones a lot when I was a little kid. So of course that becomes part of his memory cultural landscape. So he's like, I still love the Ramones, you know, but he wasn't yeah. ever like a punk rock or a hardcore kid. He didn't ever have that part of his life, but because he kind of entered it through the grind, mm-hmm. you know, Power, but well, sort of, sort of, especially Southern California, like this grind power violence for this sort of, you know, blurred lines kind of thing. Yeah. He was exposed to and probably, I don't want to say adopted, but, you know, kind of absorbed some of those DIY traits or elements and approaches to things. So despite being a total metal guy, there's that element too, you know? Right. So I don't know where it's, you kind of had to be scrappier, you know, because there wasn't clubs that, you know, knew that they were going to make a ton of money on beer if metal guys would show up. It's like, this is a bunch of scrawny kids that stunk and wore patches and, you know, had ASUC t shirts on. So it was like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Well, so, so point being about all that and the reason I ask is you've come a long way. Uh, 20, like you said, 20 ish years later since, uh, like I was talking when I first, uh, first found you guys and 10 mm. ish albums, 10 albums. So that's nearly not quite, but nearly an album every two years over that period of time. That's, yeah, that's pretty productive too. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I think we, uh, like, uh, we kind of, we kind of slowed a bit towards this, the most recent 10 yeah. years or whatever, but we, I mean, human jerky and Homivore came out, I think within a year of each other. Um, and then Sir man was 2002 human Error was 2004. Karma Bloody Karma was 2006, and then Harvest Load was a break there. It was 2009, mm-hmm. 2012 for, uh, yeah, it was three years. Everyone's been three years. The only one that wasn't three years is um, Death Atlas came out at the tail end, well, late November, November. Like 29th yeah. of 2019, and then Terracite's out, you know, May 2023. I mean, that was kind of a strategic thing because it technically, it could have come out maybe in like February or March or whatever, but you know, we decisions were made, you know, which I won't go into mainly because, I don't uh, but, uh, we decided to put it out, you know, now in, in May, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was a fairly good clip for a while. Like we were machines like mm-hmm. tour or no, right. Record tour, right. Record tour. It was just like between 2000, I'd say November, 2000. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I want to say November 2004 and maybe late 2005, we were home maybe three months. Like we would just go, go, go. like tour was stringed off a tour like, oh, the tour starts in where? North Carolina. Okay. So you play shows out to North Carolina. Then where does the tour end? Oh, Virginia. Well, you have another tour that you accepted starting in a week and a half. Well, why go all the way back to California just to come back out? Well, you play little shows along the way. And then it starts in where? North Carolina again. Then you do that. So there was there's one venue that no longer exists in Fayetteville, North Carolina, that was like, dude, we've seen you guys four times in like two months. Or a month and a half or something like that. We're like, yeah, because our booking agent at the time, you know, a long time ago, uh, yeah, it was two, it was a tour that two tours that began there, and then he did fill-in dates there. So we were playing there like <laughs> they're like, no offense, dudes. I'm like, no, no, I get it. We've blown our lot here like two times ago. Were know? people still showing up at least? Somewhat. Wayne well, was waiting. We, we had the benefit of the headliners, of course, but um, the two solo ones, uh, one of them actually, yeah, that we were like, oh, maybe this is where breaking through here. And the second one, you're like, yeah, you played here three weeks ago. So <laughs> yeah, there's the guys that have to be here, you know? <laughs> right. Right. So, and then the local bands and their friends, but you know, otherwise, yeah, but it was, yeah, we were so workhorse in that time. And then uh, maybe closer to, you know, 2009, 2010, Travis and I were like, I mean, it's not like we were old guys then mentally, emotionally, but not <laughs> physically, not physically. Um, we were like, man, this is like, we're going to burn ourselves out just us as people. And we're also yeah. going to overplay out the band to where like people are going to be like, Oh, they're on another tour. We didn't want to be one of those bands. That's like, you see them and like, they're on every tour. They're like the Washington generals or something like that with the globe cutters or whatever. It's just like, yeah. Oh gee, they're going to show up and just do okay. And they don't lose at the very last second, you know? Right. Um, we felt like we were going to become that. So we took a step back and be like, okay, let's just do, you know, we were, I mean, delusional at that point that we actually had any sort of, I don't say like power, but just sort of like, no, we're not going to do this tour. We need something better. Yeah, right. Please give us a tour, you know? Um, but we pulled back a bit and I think that really helped because, you know, both morale and, um, just, people's perception, you know, it was like, oh, they're being a little choosier. People are probably didn't think about that that way, like we were trying to put on bond, but right. we just took, tried to take better tours, you know, or just not have to do everything that was offered to us. Like, oh, can we barely afford this? Can we, well, can you barely cover your rent? Um, you're going to have your, you're going to have significant other upset at you because you came back with nothing again, you know, or whatever, or just barely enough to cover, you know, your basics. Um, so that kind of worked for us. And then, you know, Dave McGraw came around, joined the band at Harvest Horse, 2009. And then we've just been very measuredly busy 
you know, in varying degrees since then, you know. So we don't have to do five U.S. tours a year or something like that. We'll right. do maybe two. You know, we don't have to try to go. Well, because at that point, or, you know, back like the early 2000s, we were kind of not limited, limited, but we didn't go. We went to the first time we went to Europe was 2007. And then again in 2010 and then 2012. Uh, but so it's not like we were hitting Europe, too, to balance all that out. It was like, oh, it's all North America, a little Canada, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it was just, you know, so we fortunately <laughs> pulled back from that. And now we're in a much better place. Well, you took, you had to take a little forced break, uh, like everybody did a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And that unfortunately seems like it came right on the heels of releasing your record. Did that fuck up a lot of stuff for death Atlas? And did that, did that, uh, you know, pandemic break fucking what's the word I'm looking for? God damn. Make the, the writing process for this record, Terracite go faster. What's that word? Oh, okay. Oh, oh just that <laughs> what, what word am I looking for? Yeah, no, it, it, well, it kind of was weird because there were several complicating factors in that. Um, we had just, we'd done one U.S. Uh, yeah, like Death Hunters came out in November. We did one U.S. tour, North America tour, and then we were with in Canada and, I'm sorry, Canada, Australia, um, New Zealand, and Japan in February, right mm. before the world. Wow, so you got it all in. Yeah, yeah. And we were actually on our way back. We were on the second to last flight that was allowed out of Japan before they shut down travel. So wow. that was lucky break, you know. So, you know, we get back in March and we're all the same boat as everyone, just like, what the heck's going to happen? So we kind of hung out until maybe June. And everyone, you know, like went back, worked, did whatever, or if they could, <laughs> if they could work. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of were like, Maybe we should start thinking about writing again. And of course, you're you're mentally still like, oh, we we just got out of the studio a little while ago and then did one tour. What the hell? We still got two more years of like just writing it out. And then we can think yeah. about writing. Well, who knows how, you know, what we were looking at at that point. So, you know, we kind of just started to uh, casually get at it. And, you know, we eventually got her done. But the complicating factor in this was three out of the five members do not live in San Diego anymore. Mm. So you have Travis and Bell, which are still headquartered there. Dave lives in Seattle. I don't know why I'm pointing um, north because <laughs> that's nowhere near. Um, and then uh, Olivier lives in uh, Montreal. Right. And he's, you know, kind of bound by work visa stuff because if we do a bunch of touring and then his work visa expires, he can like, we have to reapply and it's all this mm-hmm. complicated stuff. And um, as of like fall 2020, I was living in Serbia. And now I live in Berlin. So like wow. okay. my girlfriend from Serbia to Berlin. So I had to do, thankfully, um, you just needed an antigen PCR clean, antigen or PCR. Mm-hmm. The borders weren't shut um, until like they, they were shut um, probably from like this, like March until like May or June. And then they opened up and didn't have any restrictions until uh, December, right before Christmas of 2020. So it was just like, okay. <laughs> So I just went like back and forth and we, Dave and I arranged it to where like, okay, he would, uh, you know, get some time off of his work. Um, you want to come down for four days, you know, June, whatever, through whatever. Okay, cool. And we'd line up, I'd fly in, he'd fly in, we'd hammer it out with the rest of the guys and then disperse, do our homework wherever we were living and mm-hmm. reconvene a month later, you know? So it was for me <laughs> a bit expensive and a lot of hours in the air and everything, but you know, I mean, it got done and that was a complicating factor that like, you know, it wasn't just one person that had to fly and it was like, and you know, Olivier maybe do stuff remotely. It was like, 
I had to do it too. So it was this other person, right. you know, myself complicating things, but it was done. And it, you know, we got not even like saying, Oh, we got through it. I mean, it's like we did, you know, successfully. So uh, I hope there's not another complicating factor next time. Cause there always <laughs> seems to be one more thing. Right. I hope someone doesn't like, you know, I don't know. Hope nothing happens to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that Terrasite is the, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the second album as a quintet, right? Yes, correct. So, so do you guys, you guys, it sounds like you all write together ish, mm-hmm. you know, or at least. So, yeah. do you feel like it was uh, something changed or was easier writing this record than Death Atlas? Was there a refined process between the two? Yeah, I think we were, from the first to the second. Yeah, yeah. I think we were more like, uh, like Death Atlas was the big like okay, there's now uh, a fifth person, but also right. a different a, two different two new members basically, uh, mm-hmm. an additional guitar player and then a new bass player. So it was like, well, how's this going to pan out? You know, um, but I think Death Atlas worked pretty, you know, pretty well in that regard to where it was like, okay, you know, like uh, that was kind of the testing ground of how it, like our kind of current process is. And then with Terrasite, it was you know, everyone is a lot more comfortable and just sort of dug in. So I like everyone kind of, you know, with, you know, minor tussling, cause that's the way it is with greater stuff. Uh, everyone kind of fell into what they do. Like here's yeah. your, not, not that there's this predefined role that you can't move out of this lane, but like, you know, everyone maximizes within what their, their field is and contributes, you know? So, you know, the distance thing and the having to like, here's me recording this riff on my phone. It sounds like crap. Do you like it? You know, that kind of yeah. crap. Um, there was a lot of that, but otherwise, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. I mean, it was horrible because writing is always horrible, <laughs> but, but I don't mean that like we're happy. It's a, you go through it because you're happy with the finished product and the process, even though at times it can be insanely stressful and frustrating. The process is what, you know, what makes it and everything like that. So we're just always happy when we get out of the studio and we like, yeah. you know, with that when the mindset you're in, the emotional state you're in, but that puts a strain on you personally or whatever else in your life, you're just like happy to get out of there. So, um, yeah, I think we're, that's kind of the sad state of affairs where it's like, well, the reason we kind of work is because there's this constant tension creatively. And, uh, we usually feel like regardless of how much time we have, we never have enough. So, uh, and it's like the one time we did have enough, which was human over, uh, we ended up spending way too long on like, no, I need to be recording four guitar tracks with different guitars and three different amps and all this stuff because we had the time and the, you know, not money, but it just, we had the time and the space to do it, you know, so you can indulge all this stuff. And it was just like, dude. Less can you tell more. the difference? No. Yeah. <laughs> can you no, tell no. the difference? Like there's four different amps and four different guitars. You get all these different like frequencies. No. no. Yeah, no. but you need but you need like, those. You need that era to fuck around and fuck around and find out. You know, find just out. Fuck exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, so, uh, but I want to mention that you guys are doing the uh, Decibel Magazine tour. I yes. think it's next next month. Dark Funeral, yeah, me, uh, Black Braid, Two Hundred Stab Wounds. The record also comes out like a day or two after. Um, yeah, we start. Um, yeah, we start um, May 11th in Santa Ana. Um, where are you based, actually? Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, you're Lancaster, PA. Oh, one of the, yeah. um, the guitar players from uh, my older bands from Lancaster. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was a band. I don't know. I don't know how old you are, but there was uh, 
his uh, his band in Lancaster was called Buzz Society. Nah, that one doesn't. I'm, I'm 38, so that one doesn't ring a bell. Oh, okay, yeah, he's he's my age, so that would have been probably 93. Yeah, it's too young for me. Two more, yeah, a little bit. not quite. A yeah. Bit. yeah, but either way, um, yeah, we start in Santa Ana and then end in LA on June 10th. But uh, yeah, it's Dark Funeral, us two and Stabluins, and Blackbraid. So it's uh, you know, there's black metal, two black metal bands whatever the heck we are. And then, uh, tour to stab wounds, which is more of the, uh, kind of, uh, new wave of old wave of young people yeah. playing old school death metal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, speaking of like genre tags and everything, I, I always find it a little, I don't know, reductive that you guys are always called death grind because I think mm-hmm. there's so much more to your sound, uh, than either death metal or grind, but whatever it's, yeah. You know, and but that's like actually a great yeah, example. That's like the progressive take too. Yeah, like yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, a, a great example though is the is the closing track on on Terrasite, just another body, which I find awesome. And I notice you have like a longer track at the end of Death Atlas too. Well, I think that's the title mm-hmm. track of Death Atlas. Is mm-hmm. that like a new? Is this a new thing that Cattle Decap is going to be doing? Well, we kind of like. I think the last two, like with Death Atlas and Just Another Body, like yeah, those are like Just Another Body is like ten minutes long, and yeah. Death Atlas I think it was like nine something, right? Um, I mean, those are extreme examples, but, you know, since probably Harvest Floor, we've always had like, here's this sort of precursor track that's different than the rest of the record. And then the closing track, like Harvest Floor had Regret in the Grave. And that was, that was only like four minutes and change. So it was like a right. long song. But then uh, Kingdom of Tyrants uh, and the Monolith from Monolith of Humanity, same kind of setup. And then with Anthropocene Extinction, um, yeah, we had songs that... I remember the title of it, but then Pacific Grim was the closer on that same kind of thing. And then Death Alice, how we go, you know, all that. So that the setup, like the sort of soft setup and then the baboom has been there. Right. But I think with, uh, with, uh, Terracite, like just under the body is like that thought and that sort of a, like our aesthetic to like the nth degree. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like not as far as you can take that. Cause we'll see, you know, what, who are, what we gonna do next time. But like, for that model of like, here's this sort of calm precursor to like this, you know, rip fest, whatever you want to call it song. That's kind of what we're doing an extreme example. And it's kind of like with like Death Alice did too. It's kind of like just sort of fades out, you know, whereas that one had these, you know, really sort of anguished, you know, Travis mixed with Lara from Igor, their vocals together. And this one is just like Travis and then just synth keyboard. Tony Parker helped us out with that. Um, it's, you know, the same idea, but completely different, you know, components. So I don't know. I, I feel that not that you want to like, if it ain't broken, don't fix it kind of thing, but I, I, I right. just predicting, and this is based on nothing. This is not, that for me, not talking about this to anyone in the band or anyone saying anything in the band, but I have a feeling that we might like, just, it might get wrench thrown in it and do something completely different. I don't know. That might even just be not even death metal at all or maybe all the, or maybe just the most abrasive track we've ever written i don't even know <laughs> it's all bets are off now because I, th- I think we that's the 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 benefit thankfully metal blade has been behind it but uh the benefit we have is because uh, one of the benefits is that we can kind of do whatever we want and i mean if it works great if it's not it's our own damn fault too but um we have that privilege of being able to do whatever we want and as long as we do it the best we can, execute it well, 
Why the hell not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so why if you're not going to do that as a musician, why not? I mean, you don't have to do like some dramatic difference where you're like, you know, doing Calypso songs, you know, after you do like, you know, I mean, unless you're trying to do like a bungle or like a naked city thing, but um, you don't have to do any of that. We're not talking something ridiculous, but you can, you know, branch off, um, keep your original vision and your vibe and your, you know, ambient sort of elements and then just go off from there. Yeah. So that's what we're looking to do.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Josh Elmore of Cattle Decapitation. The song you just heard was Scourge of the Offspring from Terracite. That's another single that's out there now for everybody to listen to. Great song, great album. I really enjoy it. Um, I know I talked a little bit at length or at least asked about the last track, Just Another Body or whatever the fuck it's called. And uh, it's a great way to end the record. The whole thing's cool. I, 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 I think everybody always glosses over like the melodic sensibilities of Cattle Decapitation. It's not lost on me. It's probably not lost on anybody who listens to the band. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, we focus on the death, the grind, all that. But cohesively, it's all put together so nicely. And uh, it's definitely a band who knows what they're doing, has a very, very unique sound that's all their own. And I respect the hell out of it. Scourge of the Offspring, again, was that last track. Terracite, May 12th, I'm guessing, again, is the date on Metal Blade Records. You should also check out the band Scourge from Texas. Uh, I think I think I'm saying that word right. Am I even saying Scourge right? Uh, I don't know. They put out an, Anyway, Scourge from Texas put out an album called Torrential Torment. Uh, that's out everywhere available all over the place on locking out records remember when everybody loved locking out records severely overhyped record label uh cold world was the big one they had they did put out that second slumlords lp which was pretty tight and cold world was cool too uh ice grills but uh you know the rest of the stuff i don't remember anything being that great Uh, i'm sure somebody will correct me when i'm wrong and i'm sure i am wrong about something but that's okay i just remember it being more of a t-shirt thing you know that locking out logo anyway Locking Out Records has nothing to do with cattle decapitation, although there is a loose affiliation of hardcore veganism, vegetarianism, maybe. I don't know. Just looking for links here. Speaking of links, there's links to all the bands mentioned on this episode of Getting It Out podcast in the show notes. They will take you directly to band pages on gettingitout.net. And uh, one of which will be the last band I'm going to play for you here on Getting It Out podcast it is ascended dead they are a death metal band out of portland oregon they've got a new record coming called even fall let me let me try let me try to read this again even fall of the apocalypse yeah that's the way it goes it's coming out on 20 bucks spin records so it's guaranteed to be good you know that it's weird that i have to even say that but uh it's kind of just a prerequisite if it's on 20 bucks spin it's going to be pretty awesome i should try to get 20 bucks spin on here for a label spotlight, by the way. Anyway, this song from Ascended Dead, it's called Inverted Ascension. And it's off of their new album, Even Fall of the Apocalypse. Check it out. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>